This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora I'm Sam Broughton, the Mayor of Waikirikiri, Selwyn District. Welcome back to Swell On Air. Grab a coffee or tea, sit back and enjoy listening to the following show. Welcome to Swell On Air. My name is Kirsten Dingwall Okoya. I'm a Community and Economic Development Advisor at Selwyn District Council. We were going to put on an expo, but instead we're coming to you on air in your home. So today's episode is about some amazing places to visit in Selwyn. And our first interviewee is Simonetta Ferrari from Gunya Country Estate. So welcome, Simonetta. Hello. So tell us where you're coming from. Um, Gunya Country Estate, you mean. It's, um, we are in the Selwyn district, but right on the edge of it, almost at Rakaia Gorge, a place called Wind Whistle. It's not a lovely name. And we are in the country. Wonderful. So if we were travelling down State Highway 1, where, how would we get there? From State Highway 1, well, you've got various ways, depending which direction you're coming from. You can go from Dansendo, head to Hororata, and then at the roundabout there you've got the next um, direction there, heading towards Manhattan, basically. Or um, come the other way via Methven, that probably would be a more scenic route to take, depending on where you're coming from. We are on the inland scenic route, you see. Oh, wonderful. So tell me, what is Gunia Country Estate all about? Um, well, it's one of those fantastic heritage properties that, you know, used to be the grand old home and the giant farm, which eventually got sold and became a um, visitor's place. So what we have here now is about just from what was 32,000 acres, we're down to 32 acres, um, most of which is garden with the original homestead, which is a listed heritage building. And here we have accommodation of two types. We do the luxury lodge in the homestead, and we also have self-catering accommodation in some of the outbuildings, like independent holiday houses. We do functions, weddings, um, dining, of course, it goes with the people staying, but also if people want to come and have dinner here, that's fine. And we have groups visiting regularly, interest groups, clubs, um, all sorts of people, and even just individuals. Um, people come uh, to absorb the history of the place. Anyone who enjoys something that's peaceful, quiet, heritage and quality will love this place because we've got extensive gardens at their base at the moment uh, and also in the autumn, of course, Utunkala. And the building itself being a, a listed building for the integrity of its arts and crafts architecture, uh, just about original in every corner, including down to the wallpaper, um, is what makes it really interesting. And I always give people a talk. People have lots of questions all the time, and I've done plenty of research. And one day there will be the Ganya book out when I have time to write it. That sounds really amazing. How many rooms are in the homestead? Uh, the homestead has five guest bedrooms, 
Yes. And then the other two houses, one has um, is a three-bedroom house for up to six people. One is a two-bedroom house up to five, and there is a cottage being tidied up as well at the moment. That would be another four people. So, for example, when we have a wedding, often people need the accommodation. You can have it all under one roof, you see, um, like this. But different types of, of, of um, options, basically. That's the, the beauty of this place. And but I think the best part is just location. Wow. Stunning views of Manhattan. That's the main thing in wow. the winter. It looks spectacular, of course, with the snow. Um, and the peace and quiet, because we're in the country, totally rural, on a very good scenic route. Fantastic. What does the word Gunya mean? Ah, uh, Gunya is an Aborigine word, an Australian Aborigine word. And it means, this will make you laugh, Little hut or little <laughs> shelter. <laughs> yeah. You know those things made of branches that you make like a, like a tent shape with a few branches to take shelter under? Yeah. That's what a gunya is. And the name comes from this block of land was once part of um, Terra Station, which is one of the very first um, 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 settled areas, you know, rurally speaking here in Canterbury. And... Um, the, shall we call it developer, <laughs> the person who took up the lease at the beginning and sold it instantly to someone else, um, had come via Australia, from Australia. And that's where the word Gunya came from with them. The land here, this chunk of the farm, was always called the Gunya Block. Ah. And then eventually, when they built the big old house, the big house, which is now the old house, um, it's the name stuck to it. In fact, local people of a certain age still refer to of it, uh, to it as Vaganya. I'm going up to Vaganya. What oh, they mean? Wow. Is, yeah, that's right. So that's where the name comes from. But of course, a building like the homestead is nothing like a hut or a shelter. <laughs> but uh, that's his name. Yeah. And how long has it been known as the Ganya? Um, well, at the beginning, it was from 1852 or 53 when John Hall uh, bought this um, run from Stoddart, who was the the one uh, who gave it the name, and well, who brought the name, I should say. And then eventually, as you know, over time, uh, things get uh, chopped up, <laughs> and uh, the homestead itself, this one here, was built in 1912 for Sir John Hall's son, who obviously had lived in one of the cottages across the road before, while farming this block, you see. And then when he inherited his portion at that point, he could build his own big home, and that's why he chose this spot here on top of the hill. So you get wonderful views, and uh, it's tucked away, you know. Um, people really like the... The, the tranquility that you get here. Of course, the trees are very old, very well established. So we've got a mini algorithm, I would call it, they planted at the beginning with one of every possible native you can think of in there. And we also have the old rhododendrons and azaleas in the garden from the very early ones because Mr. Hall married Millicent Potts, who was the daughter of Thomas Potts, who's the one who... Uh, started the island nurseries and is the one who brought all these plants to New Zealand from England way back then. So we have these heritage plants as well here. And not forgetting the birds. Conservation place for bellbirds here. 
Um, there are plenty of them. <laughs> and um, it's uh, now a self-contained, I guess you would call it, not totally self-sufficient, but almost um, mini estate because we have the chickens and we have the veggie garden and we've got the glasshouse and all of the above, including the pond, um, just in case we need extra water. <laughs> So there you are. That's, oh, wow. That's There's so, yeah, much, a- so much on offer there at Gunya. So what typically for an interest group that might want to come to visit, what would mm-hmm. what would be on offer? Well, um, what the groups do, we have various options. A group can just arrive and wander around on their own in the gardens. I have a handout made up with a map and a mini sort of summary of the history, and that's the simplest thing. The most common option is for a group, obviously has to be booked, um, for a group to come and have a light lunch, then they wander around and then they all sit in the drawing room, they do have access to the homestead in that case, and I give them a talk, which can get quite in-depth if they ask lots of questions, um, about the history of the property. I could go on for hours <laughs> on the subject, but I do limit it to whatever time they have available. And people find it really, really interesting. And the other option is the same kind of thing, but just with morning tea or afternoon tea. Often groups are on their way to two or three locations during their big outing. So um, there are options, you know, or they could just um, do something totally different, come and celebrate grandpa's 80th birthday as a family and have dinner in our wonderful dining room, you know, at the... 20-seater dining table. We do those quite often. So That sounds amazing. So how do people get in touch with you? Um, okay, well, various options. One is, look it up in the phone book, you will find Ghania Country Estate. Um, you go online, it's the easiest word, it's Ghania, G-U-N-Y-A-H, the website, and in there you've got lots of pictures as well to look at everything. You can email us, reservations at ghania.co.nz, Telephone, local number, 318-6800. So many, many options like that. Even um, look up Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, of course, and um, you can message through that way. So there are many, many opportunities. Thank you so much, Simonetta, for talking to us today about your amazing amazing space i hope some people out there will um, endeavor to get in touch with you and come and visit you and of course we've also included you in our swell in print which was out in the selwyn times on the 17th of november so people can look up that or look up the selwyn district council website yeah on the selwyn district council website we featured in a variety of tabs you know (laughs) um under the dining under the from the land under accommodation all sorts of um, location within the Selwyn website, you will find them. So thank you so much. You're welcome. just continuing our our view of some amazing places to visit in the Selwyn District. We've got Lisa Williams here from Roto Direct. And Lisa, you're based in West Melton. How long have you been there? We took over the business three weeks before the first COVID. And so we've been going for 18 months now. So what happened is we relocated the business from Rotherham, which is Hemner Springsway, to now West Melton. So we are basically 15 minutes away from the 
uh, Christchurch Airport. So we're nice and close for people coming out from town, but also we're right in the West Mountain Township as well. So Roto Direct, tell me a wee bit about that. So we would probably be one of the largest rhododendron suppliers in New Zealand now. We do over 450 different varieties of rhododendrons, and we're also doing deciduous azaleas as well. So when I say we do 450 to 500 different varieties, that includes alpines, it includes hybrids. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my grandma was part of the rhododendron society, so... She was absolutely passionate for them. But tell me why people are choosing to plant rhododendrons. The big swing for rhododendrons at the moment is because people are wanting to have colour in their garden and they enjoy rhododendrons because they're evergreen as well. So they, a lot of people have been taking out their roses and replacing them with rhododendrons, especially my older customers, because they're not getting pricked in that with the roses and that. So that's been the big swing for us for the rhododendrons is one, for their colour, two, that they're evergreen, and three, they're just so easy care. So can people come and visit you at Roto Direct? Absolutely. So initially the business was only open for six weeks of the year, but because of our location change, everyone wants to come out and visit us. So we're now open from September all the way through until December, seven days a week, 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock, so big days. Uh, the reason for those times is because that's our flowering season and people can obviously come out and you can choose and select your rhododendrons by flower. We have a rhododendron display garden. We have about 600 different rhododendrons on display. So if we haven't got it flowering in the nursery, it's definitely flowering in the actual display garden as well. So you're open for individuals, for groups, for we're tours? Open for individuals, groups, tours, you name it, we're there for everyone. So we have a lot of gardening groups coming through, uh, probus groups, um, retirement villages have been coming through as well. And usually when people are coming out as a set group, we usually have a sit down, have a cup of tea, um, drinks and morning tea, afternoon tea, or some even bring their lunches and do good old picnic. picnic. Yeah. Um, and then I talk to them about the well-being and how to look after rhododendrons in their garden. So That sounds amazing. And do you provide the tea and coffee? And I do the tea and coffee and we have a great urn and it just keeps bubbling away, literally. Uh, so it, it works out really good. We have, it ends up being a huge question and answer time with all our customers. And everyone has got the same questions that they're wanting to know is, when to prune rhododendrons, which is just after flowering, how to prune your rhododendrons and that as well. So we cover all things like that as well. So what is the best planting aspect for rhododendrons? Rhododendrons here in Canterbury in particular definitely love a south side of a mm. building or a fence. Uh, dapple shade also works really well for them. Uh, Free-draining soil and they like acidic soil. They've, rhododendrons are really shallow rooted plants, so... They're a good companion plant against other trees and that as well because they're not deep-rooted. And can you get sun-tolerant ones for those that want them on the north side of their house? Absolutely. So predominantly one of our big, well, our major seller, not big seller, it's major, is those sun-tolerant rhododendrons. There is a large selection that we can guide you to, and especially with new builds and that as well. And when you're downsizing into a smaller property, you don't have that existing shade in the first instance. So we have um, a range of different plants in all colours 
that will go either to a metre or to up to two metres because some people want them small, some people want them large and the different colours. The one rule that I do have is that if you want apricots, yellows and oranges, they do need to have shade. But all the other colours, whites, pinks, blues and reds, are usually okay in the full sun. And so with summer coming up, what are the hot tips for rhododendrons and looking after them? Mulching their roots would be the number one. Because they're shallow rooted, uh, you need to keep the moisture on them. So you need to have regular watering for them and mulching them. And you can mulch them with either pea straw or bark or pine needles because they're acidic loving plants. Pine needles are amazing for them. So if someone had a typical question like a silver appearance on their leaves, how does one get rid of this? Okay, so if you've ended up, if you've got the silver texture on the top of your leaf, if you can't rub it off with your thumb, then it is highly probable thrips. If you can rub it off with your thumb, then it is called tomentum. Now you have indomentum, which is the furry side of the leaf for any yak plants, and tomentum is on the top. So if you can rub off that tomentum, it is absolutely fine. Thrips is a little black insect, it's got wings, uh, however, it is usually airborne and that's how it's travelled through the air. They are a nocturnal insect. They come out at night. They live in the ground. They climb up the trunk of the tree, or the rhododendron, and then they suck the nutrients from the underside of the leaf, and the silver is the secretion on the top. So the best time to try and get rid of these little suckers, because that's literally what they're doing, is sucking the goodness out of the plants, is to spray them in the evening. Now what I have suggested to our clients that have been coming in is to start off with an insecticide, something like maybe Maverick first, and give it a spray. In the evening you'll spray the soil, because that's where they're coming up from, the trunk of the tree, the underside of the leaf, the top of the leaf, and the wooden fence, because they like to hide in wooden paling fences. Do that, then leave it for two weeks, do it again, and then what you can do is you can get some neem oil, soak a crepe bandage in some neem oil, wrap it tightly around the trunk of the plant, secure it with a nappy pin and walk away so to speak uh, because then as the insects are climbing up they're making contact with the neem and that's suffocating them and they're dying. So that's the easiest way to try and get on top of it because thrips we've never had it in Christchurch until recently. People don't know what it is so it's really taken off so hence why to use the insecticide um, something like maverick to be able to do that job and if you're spraying in the evening it doesn't affect your bumblebees and that to the same extent. Thank you so much Lisa. So just before we go how can our listeners find out more about Roto Direct? So there's a couple of different ways. Uh, Facebook, we're really active on Facebook and I always am putting on new varieties and that on Facebook and top tips and when to do things on there and also our website which is rotodirect.co.nz where we've got our full range of plants that are available in that so we because we're predominantly online before COVID we were online <laughs> um, every, we're like we ship throughout the whole country so a lot of people will come and choose plants to be able to send to their family throughout the country which has been really handy as well so yeah so through our website and through Facebook and obviously you can come into us, which is at 377 Halkett Road in West Melton. Thank you so much for your time today and coming in. You're welcome.
So now we're introducing Glenda Goatley from Glenlothian Farm. So tell me, welcome Glenda. Thank you. And tell me about Glenlothian Farm. Well, we have been on a roll of getting the farm going for many years, but open to the public for the last two years. I like weird and wonderful animals, slightly unusual animals, and just wanted to work with them, teach people about them, why they're unusual, why they're special, why they need to be rescued. Oh, wow. So how did you get your name? So our name is partly from Glen for me. My I'm Scottish background and my family castle back in Scotland, which is near Edinburgh, is in the area of Midlothian. So I'd like to pronounce it Lothian, but it sounds nicer than Lothian. But So Glen for Glen me and like a valley and Lothian for the area I'm from. <laughs> So what activities are available at the farm? So we, when we're open to the public, the people can just come and come and feed the animals and wander around the area. We've got a, a pond, which is almost as big as a lake. We've got a lot of nice trees, um, nice surroundings. We plan to run craft classes, but we can host morning teas. We host a lot of birthday parties, business groups, um, things like that. And so for an, an older person's group, Wanting to come and visit, yes. what they, would they do if they wanted to come? And they can book a time with me, a day that suits, and we can discuss with them, do they want to do a morning tea, do they want to just come see the animals, do they want to do a craft activity? We've got options that we can offer them. And so what, what is the rarest animal on your farm? <laughs> the rarest animal would be what's called a waipu goat, and a lot of people don't realise they're actually rarer than a panda or a kiwi, but... People just don't hear about them and realise they're what the Angora goat originated from. But it's a breed that's just got forgotten about and there's less than 100 in the world and they're all in New Zealand. So we've got approximately 50 in Canterbury and trying to breed their numbers up. And with regards, you mentioned rescuing animals as well. So tell me a little bit more about that. (laughs) I I get rung regularly (laughs) to collect weird and wonderful animals. (laughs) Not always weird animals, but yes, sometimes people have an animal or or something that they maybe intended to uh, go in the freezer and now they they haven't got the heart to (laughs) or can't can't keep. Yes, they ask me to come and collect it. it. Yes, I I try to take what I can. Can't take everybody. And so whereabouts are you located? So we're located between West Melton and Weedens, and we're just straight off the West Coast Road. It's quite easy to find. And how do people book or so we, up, can they turn up to see you as well? Yes, so we've got a website. So on there it has our hours, but normally our public hours are every Saturday. It does t- pay to check our website or Facebook page because we often have private bookings or parties and uh, school term time, just open on Saturdays, but school holidays, we are open Wednesday to Saturday, 10 till 4. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today, Glenda. Oh, and um, I look forward to coming <laughs> and visiting Glenlothian Farm. That'd be great. Thank you. So we have Barbara Pritchard calling in from Chateau Pritchard in Springston. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Kirsten. It's lovely to be here with you. Yeah, so where in Springston is Chateau Pritchard? Well, we're located on Collins Road, 434 Collins Road, which is pretty much just in behind Lincoln University. 
uh, Collins is a bit of a continuation of Springs Road, so you make a right turn there. They're really easy to find. So what do people come to Chateau Pritchard for? Well, normally people would come here for a boutique accommodation. Um, the house is really beautiful. We're on 32 acres here and we keep alpacas, beautiful big orchard, um, lovely lawns. So um, because of COVID, we've been, this is this has taken a bit of a hit sideways. Um, we are still open, of course, for accommodation. But in the meantime, we are offering uh, a high tea. What does that look like? Well, we have a gazebo on one of the side lawns and we can take comfortably up to 12 people, uh, all seated around the same table. And we serve at least six dishes, savoury, cakes, um, cupcakes, sandwiches, um, whatever anybody desires. they They can also choose their own menu from what is available and a selection of teas. And um, this is always a lot of fun. The ladies seem to enjoy this very, very much. We've had some of the gentlemen come along and enjoy it as well. So it's very good. So what? when people come along, they have a high tea and a wander around your 32 acres, your orchard? Well, they can't go around the 32 acres, but they can certainly do the home paddock um, and um, have a look at the old packers because that's always fun. They're very entertaining. And the gardens are coming along quite nicely. Um, I've only started planting them since I've been here, which is only three years now. Um, but everything seems to be very accommodating and wanting to please. Uh, the house is also filled with a lot of Oriental antiques, which I'm more than happy to, to discuss with people and give them a little bit of a talk on what things are, where they come from. Uh, I also do some appraisals on uh, Oriental antiques, so it's always fun to have a look around and see somebody something a bit different that people are putting in their homes. Exactly, and what else have you got coming up this season? Well, we're doing the high teas for December uh, with a Christmas theme, which is kind of fun, and we're also offering um, we're also selling gift vouchers, so. If Granny would like to, she's always a bit difficult to buy for. So if you would like to buy her a high tea with maybe two or three of her friends, it would make a great Christmas gift, I think. Um, and also, Granddad, why not? Exactly. And what kind of cost is this for people? Well, we do this at $35 a head. And it also includes the Devonshire cream tea, which is beautiful, fresh scone. Everything is fresh, made the same day, uh, with clotted cream and fresh strawberry preserve. So that's always a, a, a real treat to have. And how do people make reservations with you? Well, a reservation is important if you're going to come for a high tea. Uh, give me a call on 022-358-1690 and I'll be happy to set you up and make sure that everything is pickety-boo. If for some reason... Weather turns Canterbury on us, and we can't have it outside. I have a beautiful living room indoors, which uh, the ladies, I'm sure, would enjoy having their afternoon tea in. Thank you so much, Barbara, for joining us today on Swell On Air. It's been a great pleasure and great to talk with you, Kirsten. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear other stories about ageing well in Selwyn, check out Plains FM website and search Swell on Air. Matewa.